0: Welcome to Interchain FM, where we dive into the frontier of the blockchain space. We're now in the third generation of blockchain tech, where a burgeoning multi-chain ecosystem is about to explode into what we call the decentralized web. Where Ethereum is to the mainframe computing era of the internet, Cosmos is to the PC era. If you're seeking alpha in the Cosmos ecosystem, look no further. This is the destination for your exponential learning experience. Interchain FM is where you can get the download on all of the high signal projects, building bridges to one another, and how you can participate in the future of the internet. I'm your host, Chango Unchained. We have an announcement to make today. We are running a validator called the Interchain FM stake on Osmosis. So if you like to support our content, you can delegate and that would look, go a long way. On to the show. We're here with runaway investor. He's an anon, but he co-founded Metarats. If you're not familiar with Metarats, they are right here on our screen. These are Sewer Rats NFTs on Secret and they are interchain rats. You could look no further than my profile pic, which has a NASA rat. So welcome, runaway investor. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, hey, so first of all, I'd like to thank you for inviting me on the whole thing behind, you know, like what happened with MetaRats on how much exposure we really saw it get. First of all, I'd like to start off by thanking everybody who supported the project and everybody who continues to support the project. The secondary marketplace in sales has just been ridiculous. Like, I believe we've been seeing some insane amounts of sales. Like, the volume for MetaRats, just in less than two weeks, we've crossed over $600,000 in volume. So, for Stash, that's actually really good, placing us at the second most volume for any NFT listed on Stash.
0: How you got into NFTs and what got you into Cosmos?
1: The way I got into Cosmos actually happened just before. I think it was the it was in February. I remember in February there was something going on with a snapshot. It was the the Gravity Bridge at that time. If I'm familiar, could be mistaken there. But I remember there was a snapshot that was going on, and I didn't really have too much information on Cosmos. But I kind of when I started into cryptocurrency, I started in 2017. But when I first started, I feel like I bought the absolute top of of that market cycle that was occurring. And I, I'll never forget this day. I remember there was just so much talk about cryptocurrency and it was going all over like the news and everybody was talking about it. Like I had my, you know, I had like relatives and stuff telling me like, what's XRP? And everybody's talking about this XRP thing that's going to like a hundred trillion dollar market cap. So I was like, hmm, you know, at that time I wasn't really too familiar with like investing. And I remember it was December, almost Christmas day, December 25th, 2017. I remember i was getting on a bus in toronto and what what i did is i had this i downloaded coinbase and i think i just bought the absolute top of xrp like it was two dollars and something and i I was just like you know this is going to go to like whatever 200 billion dollar market cap but i had I, i really didn't really i didn't have too much knowledge on investing back then it was my first introduction on like the whole world of investing so that didn't go too well i ended up just holding it on my ledger and then, you know, I, I continued to invest in stocks. I, I run a business here in Toronto. So all the additional cash flow I have, I like to put into stocks, um, housing, just some investments I like to put it in. So I spent the next couple of years, I wasn't too involved in cryptocurrency. Instead, I, I bought a bunch of stocks, but it wasn't until March 2020 that I got way more involved into the world of investing again. I remember when we saw the S&P crash it really caught my eyes on what happened. So I remember I took a large bet on the s p on March. I think it was March 26th of 2020. I still owned a bit of cryptocurrency, but I wasn't really into the loop. I'll never forget this. I remember I was over at my friend's house, and I think it was June of 2020, and I heard the word Ethereum again. I was like, okay, like I I definitely remember hearing all this talk about Ethereum. But the last time when I purchased cryptocurrency, I feel like everybody was just talking about it. And this was just like one of my close buddies. And I remember he mentioned he's like the price of Ethereum going up. And I remember at that time I was like, okay, he's the first person who told me this. And only like maybe another person that told me this. I better look into cryptocurrencies again before the whole crowd. Everybody jumps into it again. I ended up looking back until like I found like my Nano Ledger again. I remember it was like in my closet. I opened it up and I remember like my $10,000 or maybe more of XRP. I think it was worth like $500 or something. And I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm keeping this. I'm just going to sell it or something. And I remember I sold a bit of it or something. And uh, I ended up buying Ethereum. And this was closer on like to November of 2020. And Binance just opened their whole staking for Ethereum. And I was reading more about how Ethereum works, um, you know, the whole vision for Ethereum. So I ended up staking Ethereum and uh, I just put it on Binance. Like I had no idea at that time. I was just learning about like, proof of stake, how everything worked. I was just relearning everything again. It's been like so many years. What ended up happening was I, I stumbled upon Ethan Bunkman and I saw that Ethan actually went to the same university I went to and he studied the same thing I went to. So I was like, hmm, Ethan and I, like, who who's this guy? And like, I found out that Vitalik was also from Canada. And I was like, wow, there's, there's a lot of things coming out of Canada. And, um, I remember what I, what I did, I just studied more on Ethan and I, I found like, I found this whole Cosmos thing. At that time, it just, I was just like, this thing's like insane. Like the, the idea of like all these chains connecting on it and building on it. And I was just like, I took it, you know, I, I just took like my opportunity and I was just like, I'll buy a bunch of Atom and I'll stake it. So I, I remember I staked it back in like February for the whole, the whole airdrop thing that was coming. And I, I remember it was, that was for osmosis. I ended up staking it, and I just I was just so bullish on Adam. I just I just kept talking about Adam, researching so much more about Cosmos, and essentially Osmosis launched. And I was never too big into like Ethereum DeFi, but I remember when Osmosis launched. The first thing that happened, I I wasn't like I didn't really know too much about Sunny and essentially what they were building. But when Osmosis launched, I remember I got this insane airdrop, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. There's no way that I just received this this amount of money just for staking a coin the first thing i did was i remember i instantly sold my osmosis and i I had no idea what osmosis was but i remember the price went from five dollars to a dollar and it gave me 24 hours to just to look at osmosis and go through the website i remember i was like this is the most beautiful website i've ever seen like this is just ridiculous i'll never forget it i remember when osmosis went to like a dollar and 81 cents i thought to myself i was like look I could do like the most irresponsible gamble of my life and if it doesn't work out maybe i could just like you know work my way to that money again so i remember at a dollar and 81 i remember i just bet the bank on osmosis and i was like okay i'll just go into like a liquidity pool and i'll farm like adam and osmos and then i just became like super bullish on like osmosis and i was just looking more into like the whole cosmos ecosystem i was following up on everything that was coming out and essentially that that was my introduction into cosmos i just you know, it, I started with Ethereum. I was slowly like, okay, it doesn't make sense. All these gas fees don't make sense. I found the whole cosmos ecosystem. And I kind of just, you know, went, went through that path.
0: What motivated you to create rats?
1: The whole idea behind MetaRats. I like this question because truthfully, I don't know what motivated me too much to create rats. But I remember my buddy and I, we were talking about taking a trip to New York in summer And I remember my buddy, he goes, there's so many rats in New York or something like that. And I was like, yeah, like, that's interesting. So I was looking at that time, we were looking at, like, building an NFT project or just, like, we were researching more into it. And we're like, how many people have ever, you know, built an NFT around rats? And we didn't find many. And we're like, okay, what if if we could do this and we can spin it off in, like, a cute way, you know? So truthfully, it, it was just like what my buddy just mentioned. It was from like an idea of a trip going to like New York City. My buddy just mentioned that New York had so many rats and then we just kinda of looked more into it.
0: What's the lore behind meta rats and being part of the cigar club? You know, why cigars?
1: I remember for the minting day, we had, you know, the other programmer and the other co founder, they just smoked so many cigarettes during the mint. I remember it was a joke. We're like, why don't we just call it, like, the Cigar Club? And it was just from then showing so many cigarettes. I thought it had
0: some association with the Port Ape Yacht Club. Or I guess maybe the Cigar Club is inspired by that?
1: So, in terms of, like, the whole thing, it didn't really get inspired from anything. It was just, like, an idea that we had. It, we didn't really look into other projects and, like, copying whatever they did. You did not
0: copy no, whatever we- they did?
1: No, no, so we we didn't actually I, I wasn't even too familiar on the board AJ Club on like having a cigar club or um, Oh really? It was, it was, no, I like I I truthfully did not know. So it was just something we thought about. That's it.
0: I wonder if that's just natural human inclination to create exclusive insider clubs amongst each other and have a sort of meme that they could coalesce around like rats.
1: I mean, the other co-founder, he's really big into NFTs. So myself, I've purchased a few NFTs, but um, he's hes really big into it. Like he follows so many NFTs and he owns so many NFTs. So maybe he was inspired by that. But truthfully, he just came to me with the idea of it. So maybe there's something I don't know as well.
0: <laughs> so are we who currently own MetaRat's NFTs going to have our own hexagons on Twitter?
1: Honestly, I feel like... That's something that we probably don't have any control over. That's more of an integration through Twitter. I'm not too familiar. So I believe this is true. Is it the person who, who worked on building the whole integration for the NFT, like the the whole hexagon thing? I swear that she used to work for Interchain. You're
0: talking about Tess Ranierson, right? She's yeah. working on something separate. She's working on their, uh, I think it was Blue Sky Project, which is Twitter's decentralized social network that's trying to disrupt itself.
1: You know, obviously I'd love for Twitter to introduce, like, the integration of, like, using a hexagon. But I know Coney Daddy and also DVP and Dan, I know that they just added a hexagon on their matter app. So... That's probably the closest we're going to get until, you know, Twitter adds that feature for us to, you know, into, int- yeah.
0: That's actually how Twitter does it anyway, because I, I don't believe that they actually authenticate because that is what happened. People were able to go on OpenSea and then they were able to mint an NFT after copy pasting some CryptoPunk that they don't actually own. And then Twitter, because they hit OpenSea's API, it actually does render it on their profile pic. And so it's not actually authenticated. And that was one of the issues that I actually ran into because somebody copy-pasted my MetaRat and then they yeah. minted it on OpenSea and tried to sell it. I hope no I yeah. sucker actually went to buy
1: it. Yeah, I know. And I remember when that first happened, you know, I posted a tweet, I shared it on the Telegram. But I guess this is the whole idea behind, you know, somebody's going to right-click save your NFT and uh, they're just going to post it on OpenSea. Yeah, I know. I actually did look at that. I believe that they did get away with a couple of sales unless they somehow just artificially inflated it. So I contacted OpenSea, but truthfully, OpenSea never gets back to anybody regarding those issues. But honestly, there's just nothing we can do. If you're trying to buy a legitimate MetaRat, you'd have to go on stash.io. That's literally the only way you can purchase it, or you can purchase it over the counter. And if you do that, we're not responsible for that transaction. You'd have to make sure that everything goes smoothly there.
0: As far as MetaRat's trademark goes, how is it structured? Because there's like Bored Apes or something and their entire thing is once you own a Bored Ape, I believe you kind of own the IP. Are, Are there laws around that written in the MetaRat smart contract?
1: We haven't really specified anything behind that. Like people are free to edit their MetaRat in any way they want. It's only until that somebody like impersonates the brand on where they try to, you know, take the whole MetaRat's image and then sell it as an authentic MetaRat to somebody else. I feel like anybody's really free to edit their MetaRat on however they want. It's only until they start, you know, people don't really understand what they're buying. It can become a little tricky. We're in the process of actually trademarking MetaRat. It's a long process. We have lawyers behind that. I truthfully don't know too much information behind the whole legal side of, the, of those operations, but people are free to edit their MetaRats in any way they wish.
0: If I own my NASA MetaRat, then I would have the right to, I don't know, create stickers out of it and sell it, for example, stuff like that, right? Like I could create little vinyl figures of my rat and sell it. Is that what you're saying?
1: Oh, yeah. So somebody's already made stickers before. I think it was Crypto Durant. A user on Twitter, he, he's published that he's made stickers before. People are free to do whatever they want. You know, they can print a MetaRad shirt if they want and they can sell it. We have no issue with that. On top of it, you know, that's great for marketing if people are working on it, promoting the brand.
0: One thing that's really exciting to me is Strange Clan. I've just been in open conversations with them and I think that they're doing really exciting stuff. One of the things that's exciting about NFTs and Cosmos interoperating with, you know, Metaverse projects is that in the future, you'll be able to render your, let's say, Metagrat PFP you know in passage and have your avatar just walking around there. What are your thoughts on that? Do you see that happening in the future? Any plans to integrate with Metaverses and Cosmos?
1: I like that question a lot because I assume that you spoke to Lex from Strange Bone? Yeah, Lex and Errol. We've actually been in talks with Lex on the whole idea that we can introduce rats possibly into the whole Strange Clan. So we're still in talks with that. Definitely, like, I, I love the idea of, you know, introducing your rat in the whole Passage world. And, uh, you know, if, if it's possible, if we could possibly do that, then, you know, it's obviously something that we'd be open to do. So I've been talking to Lex about that, and we're, we're going to move forward and uh, see what we could possibly do there.
0: Tell us about the Cheese Factory and the Cheese Vault.
1: So basically, when we talk about the Cheese Vault, it's basically a development fund wallet, and that development fund wallet could be used to fund operations like, for example, a treasure hunt. And when I say a treasure hunt, we've mentioned that before when we started that we were going to have this hunt. We haven't really finalized on how we're going to structure it, but let me give an example of like some ideas we've been we've been talking about. We can scatter a bunch of tweets through Twitter, and we could maybe perhaps hint. You know, this tweet says something and people go look out, look for these tweets. And if people are able to find these keywords, they can go onto a website, for example, metaapps.io claim, and they can uh, type in these keywords if they think that they have it right. And in the event that they say, for example, have all 12 keywords or all 10 keywords, if they enter all these keywords in, it can open a treasure chest and it would give them prizes. These prizes could consist of Cosmo coins. They can consist of one of one rare NFTs that they could, you know, potentially keep or they can sell, some other things for the cheese factory. We could also do it, for example, like, I haven't actually shared this yet with everybody, but the whole idea is we'd also like to fund new projects that basically launch on Stash. So, you know, new NFTs projects that come on Stash, we can use the money, you know, some of the money that we made from better ads, and we can work together with new projects on promoting their projects. If we promote their projects, we take equity into their projects and the money we get from those projects from the sales, we use it to give back to MetaRack holders in some way. For example, we can buy a bunch of MetaRats and then we can burn them, or we can keep using that money for the treasure chest and we just keep distributing that money back to MetaRack holders. That's something that I feel a lot of people will be very happy to hear about because we're already in talks of acquiring a good percentage in a, in a new project that's actually fairly big And it hasn't launched yet. And we feel like the project will do very well.
0: What you're telling me is that we may be able to use our MetaRats as collateral and essentially yield farm on it by having it staked there in the future. Uh,
1: So legally, I'll tell you no, (laughs) for legal reasons. But yes, if you understand what I'm saying here, there's no promises on money that's going to go back. But if people understand what we're saying is we're going to be working to bring in utility for the holders in some way that would give back to people, but there would be nothing that's actually fixed Speak in terms of like, you know, legal talk here.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this podcast to tell you about Interchain FM Steak. Interchain FM is not only a podcast, but also a steakhouse. IFM Steak is a premium sushi-grade steakhouse running on osmosis, UMI, and Comdex. If you get your alpha from this podcast, show us some love by delegating to Interchain FM Stake. So right now, we are on MetaRat number 177 and MetaRat number 180. And I just can't help but notice the price tag on these things. So MetaRat 177 is going for a fixed price at 1500 secret, and that's about $10,000. MetaRat 180 is at 15000 which is about $100,000. Tell me, what is it about these rats that give it this value? Is it certain attributes? Or like what is driving these prices?
1: So anybody is really able to list their own price. So there's nothing stopping somebody from listing a MetaRat for a million dollars, right? And truthfully, if somebody just like the way how something looks like, right? They can possibly purchase something for, say, a MetaRab for $100,000. There's nothing stopping anyone from purchasing a MetaRab for X amount of dollars. I feel like you should scroll up, then you should go on Recently Sold on Stash. So just scroll all the way to the top. This should give you a good idea on, and then just scroll down a bit where name is on the right, and then you see where the name is, just go on Recently Sold. And then this should give you an idea on, on how much you know MetaRats are going for. So if we look here, we can see that one was sold five hours ago for 614, nine hours ago for 460. Scroll down a bit, you're going to see that there's some, some bigger ones here. So we see a rank 564, MetaRat number 2,713 being sold for $1,600. We have a sale there for $7,000. It's definitely interesting, you know, people wanting to just purchase MetaRats for thousands of dollars. I know this one guy, he's collecting, trying to collect all the space rats and he's been purchasing space rats for thousands of dollars, right? Because to him, they just look so cool. So that's the whole idea behind the world of like NFTs, right? If somebody likes something, for example, why is the Bored Ape Yacht Club worth how much it's worth? I have a theory, but you
0: tell me yours first.
1: I mean, it's just the whole idea behind, you know, you build this whole cult following, right? And this And this entire cult following grows. For example, I'm originally from Toronto. It got really cold this year. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to Miami for a bit. So I went to Miami and I was going through with Eric. I believe it was called the win And I remember I was just driving there because a buddy of mine told me there's a super cool artwork there. So I was just, you know, taking a look at it. And just going through it, I saw so many board Ape Yacht Clubs. And I was just like, yeah. And I was just like people putting up these board Ape Yacht Clubs here. And it kind of gave me the whole idea. Like I got a bunch of phone numbers and I was like, What if I put a huge Meta rat here? (laughs) So it's definitely something that, you know, I'm probably just going to call around and see if it's possible because it's the whole idea behind building this cult following. So when we look at like Ethereum NFTs, right? So Ethereum NFTs are just way bigger than Cosmos NFTs, right? If we look at the NFTs on the Cosmos space, are you familiar with other NFTs on the platform?
0: On Secret Network?
1: Yeah, so Cosmos in general. I know that there's there's a marketplace for Terra. There's a marketplace on Secret, but if we talk about like Secret Network, I would say okay. So obviously, in terms of like quantity, first we're just gonna rank them in terms of volume. So I feel like this could be a good indicator. Number one would be Anon. They have a million dollars in volume since launching. Number two, and Anon Genesi, they've been around since I believe November or December. So in the two or three months they've been around, they've a million dollars in volume. When we look at Ethereum, for example. For example, let's talk about the full send NFT. Are you familiar with the whole Mouth Boys? It's a YouTube channel where these guys, they just do pranks. And they have like millions of followers. I'm not. Okay, so essentially they have millions of followers. and They launched the collection a couple of weeks ago. They launched it on Ethereum. And I believe that, I hope I'm not mistaken, but I believe they made anywhere from 10 to fifty million million in sales. So if you just look at the whole NFT space on Ethereum, there's just so much more liquidity there. However, you know, Cosmos, it doesn't have that large NFT space right now. But Cosmos is going to have a board APR club because, you know, like if you're bullish on Cosmos and and you truly believe that Kipler Wallet is going to onboard so many users, which I do believe that Kipler Wallet will onboard so many users this year and in the coming years, there's going to have to be, you know, one or two NFTs that really stand out in the space. And those one or two NFTs, they're going to become massive, right? For for announced to have a million dollars in volume and for MetaRats to have roughly $620,000 in the two weeks that we launched, this is still extremely small. Like just the space for growth, it all comes down to, you know, the, the entire NFT space on Cosmos growing. And if we do happen to grow, we haven't went on our parabolic run, like for say here in Solana. but there's a good chance that in this space there's going to be a big winner. If, it does happen to be true.
0: That does lead me to what your future vision of this space is going to unfold as, which is, do you imagine the parabolic rise of NFTs growing on Ethereum to kind of be replicated in the Cosmos ecosystem? And is that part of why you have launched MetaRats in the Interchain?
1: Oh, okay. So first of all, I've participated in several NFTs on Ethereum, but I felt like a lot of the NFTs that I participated in Ethereum, I felt like I lost money in a really short period of time. For example, when we saw Anons NFT launching, Anons, I believe, started at a mint price of $1,000. And if you look at Anons now, they're selling for 10 times. The floor price is is $10,000. Stash overall, it's just been a really positive experience. Second of all, I think that a lot of people might just get fed up with the whole entire gas fees. Nobody wants to pay those gas fees anymore. Projects that are just coming out on Ethereum, they're just cash grabs. You're seeing like these projects that coming out with 10,000 quantity, they cost thousands of dollars too. It's, it's ridiculous. In terms of launching on Cosmos, my vision on launching on Cosmos is just because I think it's gonna grow and there's a way bigger chance that we're gonna see something big out of it. For me to have launched on Ethereum, it would be so much more competition. But to me, it also doesn't make any sense because, you know, I'm, I'm a strong supporter of Cosmos ecosystem. I truly believe that the space is only going to keep growing more and more here. So it doesn't make sense for me to go, for example, launch a project on Ethereum, especially for my following on Twitter. I have roughly 30,000 followers now, and I talk about Cosmos all the time. You know, I talk about Juno, I talk about Adam, Osmosis. I talk about all these coins, you know, it's it's in my best interest to grow this ecosystem, not because I, you know, I have, you know, stake in those projects, but at the same time, I truthfully believe that it's just a lot better. There's way more growth that we could see here than we possibly could see in, in other spaces. And just for the whole Cosmos ecosystem to have grown the way it's grown an Interchain Foundation and, and all these projects just building, like in the past couple months, how many projects have we seen just airdrop Atom and osmosis holders. Like it's just getting ridiculous. The amount of airdrops people are making like hundreds of thousands of dollars from airdrops alone.
0: Do you imagine MetaRats being positioned in such a way to capture a large percentage of the NFT liquidity that is going to be onboarded into Cosmos, you know, such that when a Pareto distribution happens, the top 1% of NFTs that are netting high amounts of liquidity are going to be captured by the likes of MetaRats and Anon's NFT. Because you seem to have mentioned these two, though there's a lot of other NFT projects as well. But it seems to be that you, or MetaRats and Anon's, are kind of well-positioned for that, right? Yeah,
1: there's definitely space for other people to also come in into the, the whole marketplace. For example, like I mentioned Anon's and Nutterats, but there's also like Redacted Club. I believe they're third in volume. There's so many projects on Stash. Like if you were to look on Stash, you can see so many projects just launching. The thing is what you mentioned was, you know, obviously people that are coming from Ethereum NFTs onto Cosmos NFTs, you have to really keep this cult following going, right? So what we're doing here is we're working with everybody to keep, you know, raise awareness for everybody to participate in these in these activities that we're going to keep rolling out these social marketing games the whole idea behind building is called following you need to have an active community by having an active community you need to introduce certain things right so just having an nft probably won't do it you need more than that you need utility so what i mentioned with the whole idea behind investing in other projects these other projects that we invest in it gives people a purpose because I don't want to call it like a dividend, but in a way that, you know, there's going to be this return value for people to to purchase an NFT. So it, it creates this whole idea of utility. Obviously, there has to be really strong utility. And that's what we're trying to build up with the MetaRats.
0: You're creating a sort of circular economy in that when people put money into a project, and the project spits money out, it goes back right into the ecosystem that you're investing in in the first place. And so you create this virtuous cycle of growth and cult following that just does not run out of fuel.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: What compelled you to launch this secret network opposed to Stargaze? Those would be the two that are kind of pioneering the NFT side of things in Cosmos.
1: At this time, Stargaze hasn't actually launched. Um... They plan to launch their Genesis Mint will occur on March 2nd. For me to launch on Secret Network, I was doing research on NFTs in the cosmos, and I stumbled upon Anon's NFT at that time. So for me to stumble upon Anon's NFT, I was really tracking the success on how well they did. Secret Network really stood out because of their whole privacy on introducing the the private metadata. It looked like it was, it was introducing this new idea of NFTs, that it wasn't just a picture. You could do more with your NFTs. You can introduce this whole private metadata feature. It was interesting. I had a conversation with Tor. I really liked the way, you know, where things were going. And I was able to launch my collection sooner than later. So I think Stargaze was actually supposed to be in February and they pushed it to March. At the time, if I was to launch on secret, I was to launch when the collection was done. And we happened to finish the collection on January 29. And that's when our mint occurred. Like for example, We've actually been talking to Shane on possibly releasing a very limited amount of meta on Stargaze. We haven't shared this information yet, but we're in the talks of, Yeah, it's, it's public now, so there's definitely some alpha getting dropped here. So we're looking into launching a very limited number of meta rats on Stargaze, and this would be really interesting because when the whole interoperability thing occurs, you're able to go between you know Stargaze and you're able to go between Secret, but definitely something that i'm looking forward to because at the end of the day i don't truthfully believe that every chain needs its own decentralized application i like to look at everything in terms of like the whole cosmos ecosystem space if you have every chain for example secret and then you have luna and then you have all these other projects in cosmos having their own nft marketplace things kind of get messy things could get messy a lot but when you have the whole idea about like interoperability, you're able to go from one marketplace to another. And the way I look at it is I'm launching on the whole Cosmos ecosystem, even though it is a project on secret network. The way I see it is overall, it's just a Cosmos NFT project.
0: I see that as well, which is an NFT projects in the interchain. That's great. So is the meta prefix for metadata or is it for metaverse?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, honestly, we could just say it's for both. But essentially, it was, uh, it was supposed to be for the whole metaverse idea. Because when I look at NFTs, it's just this whole metaverse world. You know, you could do so much with it. You can bring your NFTs into an entire metaverse. So I guess it's more for metaverse.
0: When we're transacting on secret network, people made a sale of MetaRats. They have transaction privacy preserved. What is exactly private? Is it the transaction or what is happening in the mempool?
1: So you're talking about secret network in general? Yeah, generally. Okay. So when somebody, like, for example, if I transfer you an NFT, nobody could really see who owns that NFT. Click on any one of these NFTs here. If you click on it and then you see that it goes owned by, you, you can't really see that address there. So in secret network, when somebody purchases an NFT, you can't see who purchased that NFT. So it gives that whole privacy feature of nobody really knows who owns what.
0: How do you authenticate who owns what without knowing this information?
1: So you can't really actually tell who owns what NFT. So if somebody was to tell you that they owned an NFT on secret network, I don't believe that You can actually authenticate it. They'd have to show you on Stash. So I believe we sent your NFT to you. So have you checked it out yet?
0: I have not yet. I did go through the process, but I did not
1: authenticate my address. Yeah. So when you authenticate your address on Stash, you're basically going to see that it's going to say that you're the owner of this NFT. And that's how you're able to tell that you're the owner of this NFT. But when you transfer it, you don't know exactly, or it doesn't say where you transferred it, and you can't actually see the owner. Only they're able to see that.
0: Is the source of truth contingent upon Stash, then?
1: So in terms of, like, when we're talking about, like, the whole technical side, I'm not really the most technical person behind this, but you can verify your ownership of MetaRats through metarats.io. So if you go on metarats.io, you're able to see your MetaRat collection under the My Collection tab. And you can also verify it on Stash. So those are the only two ways, I believe, that you're able to verify it.
0: Is there anything else that we haven't covered? Where can people find more information about MetaRats?
1: Anybody anybody's able to join the Telegram and you're able to join the Discord, we're trying to move everybody over from the Telegram on the Discord. If anybody has any questions they'd like to ask, We're pretty active on the Discord. There's a whole community that answers questions. Ideally, any new information that comes out, it will come on Twitter first. If you want, you can scroll through all the tweets, and you can look at all our updates, and you can also go on the Discord, and you can take a look at all the pinned posts that we have if you'd like to see more information about updates.
0: Feddy Op tells us that you can use permits to verify
1: ownership. I guess technically, yes, that's how you could do it. I'm not the best to speak on the technical side. MetaRats is, there's two co-founders, and we have one person who did the entire programming behind it. So that would be his area of expertise.
0: Hootsie Diaz asks, what's the future utility?
1: Okay, so as I mentioned, in terms of one idea for utility that we have that we're going to be introducing soon is this idea that we're going to own percentage in new and upcoming NFC projects. And the percentage that we own in these new projects, we're essentially going to be redistributing that to the cheese Vault, And then the cheese vault can use that money to, for example, through like a treasure chest or giveaways, we can buy back rats, we can burn them, sweep floors. There's so many ways that we could do that. In terms of adding, you know, utility, we're in the process of looking at new ways we can introduce new additional utility into it. So every, we're really at the start of everything with this.
0: Chang says, talk about sombrero dude.
1: Talk about sombrero dude. There's a lot of sombrero dudes. Which sombrero dude are we going to talk about, Chang? There's a whole bunch of sombrero meta rats that people seem to like, so that might be his question.
0: Well, I have a question about that. I thought that they were all the same category of sombrero dude, and they just have different attributes changed around, so... It's not obvious that they're supposed to be distinct and have individual stories.
1: I'm not too familiar with that. The artist might have, you know, built that himself. But yeah, I guess that it's like what you mentioned. They, I guess they're distinct in a way or something.
0: It just looks like there's a lot of different rats with sombreros and they are part of a sombrero club, I guess. I have no idea.
1: I truthfully don't even know how that was inspired. So.
0: Michael's crypto channel asks, so my question is when the rats marketing is began.
1: In terms of MetaRat marketing, I feel like a lot of people noticed how we were able to capture so many people on Twitter. We really started marketing everything with the whole one-of-one idea. And we started that in early December. The project started in the Twitter was made on October 15, I believe. We played around with making some designs, and then we really started the marketing on very early December. MetaRats, at first we were planning to launch a lot later, and then what ended up happening was I was supposed to go to Miami in December, but I ended up getting COVID. I had to stay in my room for 14 days, and I was not able to leave my house. So what I ended up doing in those 14 days is I just worked on MetaRats nonstop. So that's really when all the marketing happened, I would say in early to mid-December.
0: Tex asks, will the Cheese Vault contain rat-altering components?
1: We haven't really thought about that idea. It could be possible. You know, people are introducing new ideas. We're taking notes of all these ideas that we're getting. It's possible as of now. I, I don't know if it's, if it's something that we've talked about already, but it's possible. We, we might look into that.
0: Michael asks, so for example, I'm investor in NFTs, but I missed this NFT launch on secret. So I bought one of this. What should I do next?
1: So if you purchased a MetaRot NFT, I'd like to say um, thank you for purchasing a MetaRot NFT. Congratulations on joining the community. What you need to do now is stay updated with what we're building here, whatever we're sharing on Twitter. If you have any suggestions for the project you're able to share, you're able to acquire the alpha that we shared on, on this podcast here. There's really nothing much to it that you could possibly do instead of just providing other ideas and just wait for things to unfold. Honestly, like what I recommend for a lot of people who do own rats is keep promoting your own MetaRat. You know, when it comes to marketing, building this whole cult following, you need, it's really hard to do it through one person. You need a whole, whole group of people to do it, a large community.
0: CBS asks, are the low mint number rats sought after or is it only the rare clothing combos?
1: In terms of the ranking, I've I've made it clear that I personally own several rats myself. And, you know, some of the nicest rats I own, I wouldn't even say that they're ranked very high. I have like a rank 2,300 or something along there. And I, I honestly think that rat is super cool. So if I was to ever introduce or we were ever to introduce ideas for utility, we would never make a focus on the rank. We understand that, you know, you have to involve the entire community. And for somebody to purchase a Meta Rat for $10,000, we know that it's not possible for everybody to do it and we don't just want to favor the whales that are purchasing those meta rats. Rank doesn't really have any play with the value, I guess, but it's something that people essentially, you know, determine themselves. If people think that a Rank 1 to 10 is more valuable than say a Rank 3,000, it's whatever people think it is.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Interchain FM. As always, I will read through the pages of white papers and condense only the alpha for you in a one hour long digest. Be sure to subscribe to Chango and Chain's YouTube channel to be up to date about the latest technology and never miss a live streamed episode.